0: Do you have a relationship that is in need of reconciling? Well, this week on Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake, we'll learn that God desires not only reconciliation in his relationship with you, but also that reconciliation would become the standard for every relationship in life. Drake Hunter is senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, founder of the nonprofit Four Dimensional Living, as well as the author of three books, including his latest, Wonderfully Weird. Now, this week's edition of Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake Hunter. Welcome back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake. I'm John Waters, your host. And with me once again, fortunately, Pastor Drake, hello. Hello, it's always good to be with you, John. Here we are. Well, it's uh, Tuesday is when we record these, and uh, it's a beautiful day here in Colorado. There's a storm coming in, but uh, I tell you what, and actually, as we record this, I'll give away a little bit. Today is Groundhog Day. Oh, it is. As we record That's this. That's right. I forgot about that. It and is. And the groundhog saw his shadow, which means six more weeks of winter, which means it's wintertime in Colorado, which we're supposed to expect that. Okay, yes. And so hopefully we get some moisture out of it too. And I, but. I, enjoy, I enjoy a nice uh, snowy winter. Don't yeah. you I do I love it I uh, love watching it on TV yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> well uh, I will reconcile myself to the fact that it is wintertime and that it does snow sometimes uh, here in Colorado and uh, and actually that's uh, reconciliation is what we want to talk about today as uh, we look at the uh, wonderfully weird command of Jesus uh, be
1: reconciled yes it's that seventh uh, teaching or command of Jesus and of course it's it sits in, in Matthew chapter 5, and we read the entire experience in Matthew 5, 21 through 24. And John, I'm going to ask you to read that so that we can uh, bring uh, you know, uh, the the context of Scripture into this discussion because it's very important that we see uh, this story as uh, and this teaching as Jesus
0: unfolds it. Of course, this is part of what we know of as the Sermon on the Mount, and so Jesus says in Matthew 5, 21 through 24, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But i tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment again anyone who says to a brother or sister rakah is answerable to the court and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell therefore if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you leave your gift there in front of the altar First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift.
1: Yeah, and there's the the command right there. I love the word therefore because we're going to be taught something here. Here it comes, and of course we are to be reconciled uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on the table, John. We're gonna assume that you're a Christian and you've been reconciled with God through Jesus Christ, and and of course uh, we see this. A reconciliation uh, in the in the picture of uh, the baptism that uh, we see Jesus uh, encountering in his ministry, uh, we see Jesus being baptized not because he's a sinner he's not because uh, he has to show us how to re reconnect or reconcile with God the Father, and it's a perfect picture in the sense of that subjective relationship in the sense of who we are and, and with other people. But then when Jesus was baptized, he came out of the water and then uh, he was connected in that sense, reconnected as the Son and the Father and, and of course the, the triune God there. And we see that reconnection, that has to happen. That That's that baptism, that's that commitment and engagement in truly becoming a Christian. And of course, the commands of Christ leads us uh, to that. And then of course, Jesus says, follow me. And then we get into this point now where we're at, be reconciled. So what does that mean? So we're going to stay focused on reconciliation uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And better yet, I'm going to even say, let's go a step outside of that. We've got to learn how to reconcile ourselves with mankind, with other human beings, no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have to be that picture. So that's where uh, we are going to take this conversation today with the wonderfully weird command of "Be Reconciled." So let's jump into it, and I'll let I'll turn it back over to you, and you you provide direction, John.
0: Well, let's uh, let's start by giving the definition. Of reconciliation, what it truly means, and then I want to look at a couple other things along with that.
1: Absolutely. So that that how I define reconciliation. Actually, how let's let's just go objective here. The dictionary, uh, and you can go into different uh, directions here. But uh, basically speaking, it's the process of two people, or we can say groups in a conflict, agreeing to make amends, or come to a truce or in other words, we can say to return to favor or to bring back a former state of harmony. Now this is so important to understand in the sense of how we function in the faith because if reconciliation in in the way it's defined here is not properly used and it's not part of our methodology, we can say it that way or how we function, we will miss the mark. And uh, we will become isolated in our faith and it will be just you and God uh, because this this uh, teaching here, be reconciled, is not part of who you are. And you're going to become more isolated and you'll live your life with God, but not truly in the sense of how God designed life with others. Don't forget the great commandment says with God and with others others and we have to learn how to reconcile uh, to return to favor both with god and others does that make sense
0: well it does and one of the things we like to say at elevating life church is that we want to live right not be right and it sounds like that's where you're going with this
1: yeah and and you know that's critical because jesus did come and, and he said i've not come to save the righteous now he's implying there those that are right You know, those who live to be right in the sense of their conversations and who they are and all of that, that's just bad religion. The Mm -hmm. Pharisees did that. And uh, we're not here to, um, uh, let's say, be right, but let's go on the other side of that. We're here to live right. It's a lifestyle, and it's important we understand that we are to live properly Uh, Through that perspective of goodness, God the Father's goodness, and we function or we live our life in the way of these teachings or through Christ. And if we do not, we are missing the mark. And so uh, reconciliation means giving up the right to be right. And we need to listen to this carefully today because this is a huge challenge for many people in the faith uh, you just listen to conversations john we had many conversations over the last couple of days with many people in training there's many that uh you listen to the conversation they want to be right and and there's then it becomes a conflict and you go back and forth and they want to be right and then conflict Always happens and where anger comes into play, where now we're getting back to Matthew 5.21, where we are just constantly fighting with each other, offending each other, and we are separating ourselves from God
0: and others, and we're defeating the purpose of our faith. And unfortunately, we see it uh, amongst church leaders who, uh, because you don't have exactly the same beliefs I have, maybe we differ on a few points, you're wrong, I'm right, and you're going to hell. Yeah, let me go to the other side of belief. You don't
1: function the same way I do, right? That's Mm -hmm. another issue. So you got belief and functionality, and uh, because you don't function the way I do or think, uh, exactly the way I do in my intelligence, or in, in or you don't feel my feelings, or it's and then uh, we're trying to draw people into uh, what we think is ah, higher value in the sense of who we are. I know I'm right because I feel it's right. Well, your feelings are only one-sided. And so what happens is we're trying to be right and draw you into our feelings or vice versa, or th- whatever. It's just a mess in the long run. And what happens is uh, we divide. And, and not conquer. <laughs> we just we divide and then we become more separated and mm-hmm. isolated and misery is the only outcome and, of course, eventually death.
0: Well, let's be brutally honest. When we do that, we're doing Satan's work for him.
1: Absolutely. You know, John, you just, you just triggered something. You know, take, let's take the Christian faith in the context of what we're talking. Well, let's just take the Christian faith. And it's pretty broad in Christian theology. Sure. Now, I imagine it this way. Now, there's people that are in the faith. We know that many. But isn't it interesting, the fights and the arguments and everything that's going on in the boundaries of what that is, in the sense of goodness. Now, you think about it. Those that are atheists or, let's say, enemies of our faith, uh, those that are outside, they must just be sitting there holding our coats mm-hmm. as we fight enjoying the fight and it is so ridiculous because we are not doing anything to truly Im- uh, to to establish God's plan and function in a way that's going to reflect Jesus and the image of God to a world that's looking from the outside in they are holding our coats as we go at each other's throat and beat beat each other up, it's a shame. It really is. And we got to learn first and foremost how to to reconcile with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Then we can be an outreach to that, and we reach those uh, the, the people that don't believe in this, and they see a different picture through the image of God that we are expressing because of our beliefs and how we're functioning in and through Christ.
0: Yeah. If uh, if we're fighting each other. We're not fighting Satan
1: <laughs> yes and typically it's it's religious truth if I can put it that way rather than total truth that causes that because what happens is in our in our dogma, excuse me in our beliefs under the Christian umbrella, we begin creating our own biases and our own uh, preferences in the sense of doctrine and and then what happens is uh, we we just uh, become, dogmatic in that Mm -hmm. and then when that happens then we become fossilized and rather than being let's say inductive where we're getting uh bigger and bigger and we're all about the bigger picture of god we we get we go deeper and deeper in our prejudice our biases and our misunderstandings yeah and we're doing nothing for the cause of christ there is no movement in fact just the opposite
0: Well, that passage I read just a few moments ago from Matthew chapter five, in that Jesus says, leave your gift at the altar and Mm -hmm. go and be reconciled. So uh, what I hear him saying there, Drake, is that uh, it's our responsibility to make sure that reconciliation happens. It is absolutely our, in fact,
1: that's one of the traits, isn't it, of Jesus? And one of the traits that we're trying to get into our character, a character trait of responsibility. And when a Christian refuses to first go, they're stepping outside of the characteristic of Jesus and doing it their own way. Notice the word there. It says first. Don't do all this other stuff. Because, it, by the way, if that is happening and you're in ministry and you have to reconcile, your ministry, in a sense, is done in vain because we're not following the ways of Jesus he says first go and be reconciled now John you and I we've been in ministry for decades now and we understand when churches come together well let's let's even go deeper when marriages um, are, are, are there families are there and there is conflict there's chaos and uh, I'm talking Christ, Christian family now and all that and churches uh, it, it, there, there's a spirit, it, there's an evil spirit with mm-hmm. that. And it's no fun. And you've, we've been to churches like finally going, this is miserable. Is this what fulfillment is in, in Christ? No, you, we've got to learn how to reconcile in all of God's units, if I can put it that way. Uh, first and foremost with our marriages and our family, our, our biological family, church family, all the way out to the outer ends of the earth. The Great Commission. Mm -hmm. And so uh, once we get uh, Jesus's ways, we're baptized with those ways, we can go out and truly be uh, masters under, if I can put it that way, Jesus, so that we can truly be a light of the world.
0: Well, let me play the uh, devil's advocate, as they say, for sure. a moment. But, Drake, you don't understand. That other person really hurt me, and it was wrong of them to do that, and I'm hurt by it. And and I am I was right. They were wrong, so they need to come to me. They need to come to me. That's
1: where Ephesians 6 comes in that pops into my mind. we got to wear the whole armor of God. You've got to learn how to... Uh, deflect those fiery darts of your enemy. Now, when we say enemy, we're not talking about, uh, you know, uh, going back to Vietnam War, you know, those people that are, are actually killing, we're talking about those who are opposing uh, whatever you're attempting to put in place. And so, uh, yes, but uh, whatever that is, we are to be responsible, put on the whole armor of God, and we don't have time to go there, but most know Ephesians 6, uh, and and learn how to truly fight now, let's say offensively and not defensively. And that does not mean to uh, be a coward, yeah. <laughs> be wimpy. Uh, you know the the word that is misunderstood in in one of the commands is meekness. Now we we are meek, but that strength under God's control and influence when we do that, we become offensive uh, offensive in in nature. God always fights our fight for us defensively, and we can truly uh, actually be reconciled through that and, uh, and, and not use the immature excuse of, well, they hit me first. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a mature Christian, you've got to be responsible, and that's part of the, where, why, this, why this command produces that character trait. Now, not only do we need to produce the character trait, we need it to be a habit in our, our functionality and our makeup because if we can do that then we can truly uh, have the courage then to step up and say you know I need to connect with you uh, either I've been offended or I offended you whatever that would be and Jesus said go to the offender and and then from there two commands later once we're going get to we're going to get to that in a few months probably uh, it says forgive mm-hmm. <laughs> forgive the offender and right, so, uh, right. there's a lot to that, but it takes a responsible—that's my point, John—a responsible
0: uh, Christian, a mature Christian, to do that. Let's let's take that word responsibility, Drake, and let's break it down a little bit and and kind of give some insight to okay. uh, yes. what you actually mean when you say responsibility. Yeah, the
1: DNA of responsibility. There, you go. there we mm-hmm. go. We can go in that direction. Well, know this—you uh, know what's the opposite of. Respon—excuse uh, me—responsibility. responsibility, it is unreliability. Mm-hmm. And are you a responsible Christ follower? Or are you, uh, let's say, an unreliable one? Ooh, we could go there. <laughs> the makeup of who you are determines that reflection, it, it, the reflection of God or the reflection of mankind. Well, when it's unreliable, you're unreliable in your faith. Well, the reflection is that of a, a broken uh, people rather than the image that we've been created in. So responsibility is knowing and doing what God and others are expecting of me. Now, when I say I'm a Christian, uh, there's a there's we can go two sides here. First and foremost, the expectation is that I've been created in the image of God, and I have the perspective of goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm now a child of God. I'm a saint, and you are to be. It is expected for you to function in such a way, not to be perfect but to be uh, on that pathway and to be perfect in the vision of what that is and humble yourself and be okay where you're at but you are putting the ways of Christ in place. So now, on the other side of this, you're functioning properly in the way you've been designed and uh, properly in our day and age that will reflect exactly what is expected of you. And
0: you are to reflect the image of God. As the Apostle Paul puts it, uh, running the race, keeping your eye on the prize. Yeah, that's right. Don't miss the mark, right? Mm-hmm. Keep the, keep your eye on that
1: prize. And then, you you, as we see Paul doing, you... Uh, put the ways of Christ in place, and it works every time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. Now, responsibility also is doing what I ought to do. Now, listen to that. When even when I don't want to do it, I'm not in the mood. I, I don't feel like it. Uh, you know. Well, going back to what you said, they offended me. <laughs> well. Let me say this again, responsibility is doing what I ought to do in the sense of who I say I am and what I do, even when I don't want to do it. Now, John, you know I was in the military for many, many years. Now, most people are slaves to what I just said, meaning, well, if somebody's putting pressure on me uh, and or there's, uh, you know, consequences in the sense I'm not going to get my paycheck, I'm going to do it. Well, no. Uh, we are not to be enslaved we are to freely do this in the sense of what responsibility is and not have to be pushed or or even uh in, in encouraged in a way that's lower than purpose a lot of people are motivated by money and, and different things like that no we are to live in the purpose of god
0: you're going to say something and let your yes be yes and your no be no <laughs> there you go <laughs> and, and so And then this
1: goes to the next thing I'm going to say here. Responsibility is not just doing what I say I would do, right? Mm -hmm. But doing what I know I should do. Now, there's a one-sided discussion typically here. Uh, Going back to that, let your yeses be yes, let your noes be noes. But notice this. It's not just doing what I say I would do. That's important, but don't forget things happen. So you have to adjust and make things. But doing what I know I should do. A lot of times we'll say something and it's the wrong thing. And well, then I think about it, going, Ooh, I know I ought to do something different. That means I got to go back and have a discussion about that, yes or no, and say, You know what? I think I did miss the mark. Humbling yourself. And then let, let's, let's think about it. And if reconciliation needs to happen. But then, so it's two sided. There's a lot of people say I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, even when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so uh, a lot to that. So that's kind of, there's three points there with responsibility. So I'll just say them again quickly. Responsibility is knowing and doing what God and others are expecting of me. Number two, responsibility is doing what I ought to do, even when I don't want to do it. And number three, responsibility is not just doing what I said I would do, But doing what I know I should do. And 1 Corinthians 4, 2 comes to mind. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Responsibility is what we're after with the command be reconciled rather than being, uh, let's say, unreliable in the faith.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, we have a few moments left, Drake, so um, let's give folks some things that maybe they can do uh, to help um, uh, to follow this teaching and these commands of Christ, but specifically in reconciliation, because really uh, there's so many of these that fit all of the commands, Yes. But uh, but yet there's some that are specifically related to reconciling with others as well. So what are some things that we can do to uh, put these in place in our life?
1: I think the best thing we can do, John, uh, with the seven commands now that have been revealed, these wonderfully weird commands, is we do exactly those commands. Uh, we, We can systematically put them in place and then do them so that then we're developing these habits so that then we can be the reflection of God. So first and foremost, what do we need to do? Well, this is not a secret here. You got to humble yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Command number one, repent. Why? Well, because uh, we need humility versus uh, pride in our relationships. Number two, we're going to go through these quick. You know them since we've been teaching them now. Uh, Commit yourself to God and practice reconciliation on a daily basis based on God's design and not chance. Now, there's a lot of people that have a lot of issues and arguments and they're just kind of hoping or can i use the word chance by chance if it works its way out i'll take care of it if not no you need to be reconciled and of course that goes with the command our second command be born again take that belief that you have that there's not a design that you just think chances it reborn that belief of chance and get back to god's way of doing things and be committed to it practice it And you'll find security in that, not only with yourself, but with the other person you're reconciling with. Mm -hmm. And so very important. Of course, follow Jesus' example. Now, he didn't make a single mistake, but we still see him practicing, uh, you know, these different connecting points, uh, like in baptism and and just connecting with people. Uh, And so follow Jesus' example and his teaching here in Matthew 5, 21 through 24. And then of course, once you do that, we should live in a sense of rejoicing always. When there's anger, uh, let's say, in our different relationships, how easily does that take away joy? Mm -hmm. And when we're no longer, rejoicing as Paul says rejoice always well part of that is because you're in a constant battle you're always living in the problem of this rather than living in the purpose of God and then quickly reconciling and there's a scripture out there I think you all recall you 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 don't go to bed angry right reconcile (laughs) hello let's practice our faith and then of course uh, from there let your light shine we could go right to where we're at now where we're going to be reconciled not only with god but with others so my closing thoughts here john um, with all of this is some are willing we know this. some are willing to reconcile but continue to kind of rehearse the offenses over and over and over and over and over again in their thought process and we know this as a person thinketh so they are we've got to understand please understand when god reconciles he puts our sin, our mistakes, our wrongdoing as far as the East is from the West, which is, of course, part of God's greatness, infinity, infinite, uh, which is infinite separation in this, infinity being who He is in His greatness. He just takes that and it's gone for infinity. We ought to do the same, John. And if we can understand this and learn it and have discernment and discretion and everything else that goes with that, my goodness, we're going to rejoice always. And when we're re- be reconciled as our way, life becomes so fulfilling mm-hmm. with God and with others. And of course, the, the verse that follows this is Psalms 1, uh, 103, 12, which says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Wow. What would that look like, John, if we would be
0: that reflection of his image? Yeah, absolutely. So be reconciled. It's your responsibility. Be reconciled. Drake, uh, we have just a moment left. Let's look ahead a week and uh, talk a little bit about what we will be learning next week. Yeah, next week, uh,
1: do not lust. Yeah, a big one. Uh, we see this be, reconcil- uh, be reconciled, and we actually see this picture in Jesus' baptism. And when, right when he was baptized, he went into the wilderness, and then Jesus was tempted. And mm-hmm. we see those three lusts that the devil always uses try to get you uh, distracted and away from the faith. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week, uh, that wonderfully weird command,
0: do not lust. All right. So you're going to want to make sure you tune in again next week for that one. Drake, as always, it's a pleasure uh, hearing your uh, insight and and uh, hearing your heart come through in your passion. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for trusting me and, and allowing me to do this with you. And this, this is a partnership. Thank you to you as well. We will visit with you again next week on Wonderfully Weird Living with Pastor Drake. Thank you for joining us once again this week. If you would like to learn more or have any questions or comments, please feel free to email Pastor Drake at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. To obtain your own copy of the book, Wonderfully Weird, please log on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com and click on the button that says buy the book now. For Pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters, wishing you a wonderfully weird week.